When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, it's Mom Taraj, the podcast about being a mom that thinks that most mom stuff is super boring. So we created our own posse. I'm Ashley. And I'm Carrie. And we are ready to walk you down the red carpet of motherhood. Hey friends, welcome to Mom Taraj Mini, a completely unedited, and I mean unedited, episode. Like real unedited. So we're going to bring to you, you know, every once in a while to see how you like it when we are completely raw. So for today's first try with Mom Taraj Minis, we have Ari Lyondike from the Traders on Peacock. Ashley, you're doing great with this unedited thing. Thank you. I like, make me nervous, why don't you? All right, so let us know because we're trying something new. Let us know if you like it, you know, fast and loose and full of juice at hello at momtouragepodcast.com or slide into our DMs. And thank you, Ari, for popping our cherry. And guys, just a sidebar. Remember that time in the uh, interview with Ari when I said, hey, who's going to host the reunion? Is it going to be Andy Cohen? And he said, I don't know. Maybe it's uh, Alan Cumming. Well, I looked it up. It's Andy Cohen. I'm the best at reality TV and that's all I need to say. Today's guest is a husband and father of three, correct? It's three children. Yep. All right. Uh, now a children's book author, but you probably best know him as one of the former bachelors, but it's his most recent turn on Peacock's The Traders, a show that I am so incredibly obsessed with uh, that brings him here today. And I have so many questions. Welcome Ari Lyondike Jr. Hi, Ari. Hey, how are you? Thanks for having me on. Oh, thank you so much for joining. I I reached out because, listen, I watched your season of The Bachelor. Big fan. My husband is more of a big fan of yours than I am, I have to tell you. (laughs) He really is. His dream is to have like some Coors Lights with you and Sean Lowe. I don't know why. I don't know where this came from, but it's like a thing for him. That's hilarious. Just like bro out. I just thought the show was so incredible. I have played it as werewolves. I know other people know it as mafia. Have you ever played this game before? Um, No. I mean, I have played a game that's called Secret Hitler that I feel like is a little bit similar as well, where there's like two different parties and someone's trying to figure out who Hitler is. But um, they really need to change the name of that one. I know. It's it's like uh, in that game. It's crazy. It's like fascists and liberals, and you have to figure out who Hitler is. I don't know, it's it's wild, but it is it is very similar to the gameplay of of traders. Um, but yeah, no, I haven't obviously played this game before. But I watched the Dutch version before going on this show to kind of like prep myself. But there's no real way to like prep yourself to be honest it's kind of a crazy experience so i consider myself a reality tv aficionado like if they taught it in college as an anthropological course i would take it because i just find this like study of human beings fascinating and i think the reason i was so obsessed with this show specifically Mm -hmm. is because there it's not a game of skill 
it's a game of, there's a little bit of skill, but it's more a game of luck and like riding out opportunities as they present themselves. It is, it's so awesome. No other reality show does that. Yeah, they're really, like you said, there's a lot of luck involved unless you're on the trader side of the equation. Um, as a faithful, which, you know, for those of you that haven't watched a show, 20 people show up to a castle you're all you all start out as faithfuls and then three people or two to five they say in the rules but three people get selected as traitors and then you have to uncover who these traitors are and yeah you know as a faithful you don't really have much power you know you can really if you speak up and you are onto it you could get murdered quote unquote that night and so my gameplay was pretty interesting because I feel like as a viewer, you probably didn't see much of me the first half of the season because honestly, everyone who was really outspoken either got banished or got murdered and was out of the game. So, you know, unless you were Kate. Yeah, true. <laughs> For some reason, Kate like slid by. And somehow she, she just like aced this as well. Yes, like she really wanted to go home, but she couldn't because she just kept <laughs> getting, uh, you know, obviously she wasn't getting murdered at night. So yeah, it was, it was interesting. Cause uh, I think when you first, you know, when we first arrived at the castle, Reza was like a really big personality. And then he was the first one to go and everyone was like, oh, snap. And then Brandy was, you know, really opinionated. And, you know, now looking back, I'm like, man, she really nailed it. But she was also a big personality. So she left. And so at first I was like, man, I got to really kind of lay low and just kind of make friends and try to not make too many waves and not be too opinionated. So I did have my opinions and I really felt passionate about them but i really couldn't say anything because i was like if i say it to the wrong person and that person's a traitor then i'm gone so you really have to kind of play your cards close to your chest and you know i felt like i played a pretty dang good game but i also got lucky along the way because i feel like i made friends with the right people and i feel like sari and i had a, a pretty I guess, strong bond since the beginning, you know, I felt like I could confide in her, but she probably, since she was a trader, she was like, Oh, I have Ari in my back pocket. And that's probably what got me to the end essentially, you know? So I, I, I have to say spoiler alert for anybody listening, because I am going to ask questions about the end of things. And I just, you know, in case someone hasn't watched it, but you should watch it anyway, because it's awesome. So Sari had some amazing gameplay like really just under the radar even though she was a, a traitor but I I thought the reason I reached out and asked to speak to you is because I thought you were actually like top two gameplay I would say top one Kate just happened to like do so well with like not really giving a shit yeah, yeah. somehow I don't know how <laughs> she managed that so you know for you you had this at least as a viewer and obviously we see edited versions of what's happening, but you had this very unassuming, nice guy flying under the radar thing. And then they selected you to become a traitor later down the road. Mm -hmm. Why did you throw in the towel at the very end? There was a couple of things. Um, so I think my game changed at the end when we had the final mission. And first of all, I love the missions. The missions were so fun and I really got into them. But I think the big sort of um, mistake I made was choosing to be with Kate in the helicopter um, and you know Kate and I were isolated from the rest of the group 
the entire day. And then Sari and Andy and Quentin were in the boat together. And that was a really long day. That was probably seven, eight hours of filming. And so that was a lot of time for Sari to really sort of, you know, figure out the end of the game. I was thinking about the mission. She was still in the, in the game mindset. Um, I think that was a big like error on my end. And at the end, what happened was when Sari basically made it more about who needed the money more rather than who's a faithful and who's a traitor, I knew that the game had changed because the rest of the players all believed we were faithful. So, okay, now I'm in a situation where it's like, who needs the money the most? So I felt like I was at a big disadvantage and I was probably going to get banished anyway. So then me being a faithful for so long in the game, I really felt sort of like a bond with Andy and Quentin because we were always trying to figure out who these traders were. So when I got betrayed by Sari, it wasn't that I was like just handing her the money because I honestly like it was more or less like I wanted to tip off Andy and Quentin and it was my only shot to do it is if I self-eliminated and gave them a couple clues and that was sort of my big reason for all of a sudden walking away because a I was like almost like checkmate when she had like thrown into the fire that she wanted to continue to banish because I was like you know what I'm the next to go I feel like I'm the next to go because yes she is right she made it about money and everyone knows that you know I do really well and it's like I mean, I was more there for the experience and I always said that. And so I was like, dang, if it's going to be about money, then, you know, yes, let's, let's just talk about that then. So then I just said like, okay, yes, you know, I do have a beautiful family at home and the money isn't that important to me. I'd probably do something charitable with it. But if you want to make it about the money, then I'm just going to tell everyone I'm a trader and then try to tip off Andy so that she could get uh, banish next. So it really was a strategic move more than anything. I get that now because I was like, he's doing so well now. Go for it. Yeah. And she did. She really did change the game when she made it about who needs this money more. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. It, for me, that room kind of fun. And also, I got to say one more. We curse on our show. So one more kind of shit talky thing. Yeah. And that is Quentin could not have been more off with every <laughs> single thing i was like this guy is wrong about everything i know he was so off off he was so wrong (laughs) somehow he made it to the (laughs) yeah that was kind of a thing too and he's really good at like you know getting up on his high horse and really like spelling it out for everyone it really directed everyone in the wrong you know wrong direction every single time yeah and that's why yeah that's why they obviously kept him around because he was so good at just like pointing the whole group in the wrong direction (laughs) truly I mean, that, that, that's a whole other skill. It's like the wrong kind of skill to have. Yeah. So as a, a Bravo fan, as a Bachelor fan, it's been really, you know, I'm very familiar from the outside with how these different like reality world microcosms work. But on this show, you had, you know, you were the only one from the Bachelor world. You had a bunch of Bravo people and then you had these CBS reality people Where did you fit into these kind of little reality universes and uh, who were you like the closest to throughout all of it. And I guess there were normal people as well. We should say that normies. I (laughs) consider myself a normie, you know, like people who aren't on TV. Yeah, I think that is what kind of got me to the end because I feel like I had a really strong relationship with the non-celebrity cast because I wasn't like part of like a Bravo clique or like a survivor or big brother clique in the house. I was sort of like in the middle because I guess the only bachelor contestant, I didn't really have any like 
like friends that I went into the experience with. So I was almost kind of in the same boat as the non-celebrities, I feel like. So I think that's why I bonded so well with, you know, individuals like Andy and Quentin. And so, but I still could kind of relate to, you know, the Kates and the Brandies. So I, I really felt like I was kind of in the middle, to be honest. And that was, it's kind of like the best place to be when you're in this type totally. of environment. So that was kind of cool because I kind of shared the same, like, oh, well, that's cool that Ryan Lochte's here. Like I watched him in the Olympics. That's awesome. Um, and so I was also a little bit like, oh, that's really cool that we're in this, you know, house, all these people. And, and then I didn't really feel like I was kind of like in a, like a bigger, a better version of anyone else. You know what I mean? So, right. so I can tread the middle, you know? Yeah. It's the, um, the strategic well-played high school kind of game where you like kind of go with, with, you know, in high school, the people who do the best are not like the popular kids and they're not like the outcast kids or the kids that can go with anyone and hang out with any, yeah. anywhere in the group. And that's exactly, it's, it's, yeah, that's exactly how it was in high school. So I feel like yeah. I was just like, yeah, that's a really good analogy. Like I was kind of adaptable. And so I think yeah. you have to be in this, in this thing. Cause you can't, you don't want to like, you know, like the Kate and Rachel drama was so funny to me, but like, that would never be me. You know, I never really just like go after someone and have like, like it be oil and water. Um, Cause you just never know in the game, is that person a traitor or, you know what I mean? You don't want to really yes. make waves. Kate's Kate making it to the end was probably the funniest thing ever. You know, I think that was like the best part of the show. One of my favorite parts. I was just like this. She can't, she can't leave if she wants to, like she cannot get out of this situation. And she, you know, and towards the end, you could see she was starting to get back into the game and with that last mission. um, Yeah. That was the the roller coaster of Kate. I feel like is the best storyline because it was like, didn't really want to be there. And then she was like, really didn't want to be there. And then she got towards the end and then she was like, and then I was a traitor, which is really funny because now I kind of, you know, in the middle part of the show, I kind of thought, she, I thought she was a traitor. And yeah. then towards the end, it was really funny how she just like regained focus. And I think she could see the finish line and she was like, well, I made it this far. Like might as well win this money. And right. she just kind of like turned it on. Um, but that was kind of fun to see both like going through the experience and watching it back. Yeah. A couple of like logistical questions about the show. I, I'm telling you, I love the way things are made. Um, how did you guys get to the trader's room in the spire without contestants seeing you? Like they made it seem obviously in the show that you really had to sneak away and you were really risking somebody seeing you. And I'm sure that's not what was really happening. So could you kind of lay that out a little bit? Yeah. So basically, you know, once you were in your room, you were like sequestered to that room. You weren't allowed to leave. There was people making sure that you weren't leaving your room. All the windows were facing out a certain direction. So when you were a trader, you were on the other side of the castle. Um, they oh, released so you. They moved you. Yeah, they moved you. They released you kind of one by one back to your room so that you um, never knew like who was going to be the last one to go up because they would kind of send everyone to the rooms and the traders would come out. So it was done in a really strategic manner to where you were kind of trying to guess who it was, but they're really, they, no one would really know. Interesting. So Kate went on um, the Kate Casey podcast and I was listening to it because I wanted to hear these little production aspects. And she said that 
there was a lot of time where you guys were together where, where they would be setting up cameras or setting up a, you know, one of the challenges, but you weren't allowed to talk about the game. Mm-hmm. But I would imagine that gameplay was still happening. You were still getting to know each other. There was the one lady who lied about being a kindergarten teacher and was actually a publicist. So she's clearly playing the game the whole time. How how do they draw that line between gameplay and existing, I guess? Yeah, that was tough. Like you, you were all in a room together and it's just, you know, just naturally you start talking about it and they'd have to, they'd have to, you know, stop you and say no gameplay, you know, no gameplay. Yeah. It's like constantly like telling us, okay, save it for the camera, save it for when the cameras are on, you know, all right, don't talk about that. Talk about something else. And they try to like huh. change the subject it was really hard because you'd be, you'd have a thought and you're like, Oh, and then you try to talk about it with someone and then they would like shut it down. Wow. So that must be part of the reason someone like Kate would want to leave because you can't even have your, even your conversations are being controlled. It's such a like strange way of existing in a world. You know? Yeah. They'd be like, you know, talk about your personal life. So then we did talk a lot about our personal lives. And, and that's kind of what I think got me in trouble because I like, you know, probably shared too much. And Sari was like, oh, okay, he's got a second home in Hawaii. He doesn't need this this money. <laughs> but, you know, the funny thing is, like, I, and I told the contestants the entire time this, is that I was going to, what I was going to do with the money. It wasn't to, you know, buy a second car or something like that. Like, it was about, like, giving back to charity and helping one of the other contestants, you know, with their IVF treatments. Like, that really touched me. And so oh, that's nice. when she made it about money, I was like, ah. Oh, like she knows what I'm going to spend this money on. So she's, it's like, clearly she's just throwing me under the bus here, you know? See, I would have loved to see some of the uh, behind the scenes gameplay that we didn't really see because I feel like things like that are fascinating. Like I would have loved to know that, that you were telling people oh, I have a second home in Hawaii or somebody else was doing IV. Like that played a part in the game. We just didn't get to see it as outsiders. Yeah. I mean that, and I think, yeah. And it's hard. I mean, they can't really capture every conversation. Of I course. mean, they could, but it's just like, those are the things that like really were like, dang, like Serene knows this. But yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. I got to ask, uh, my, my husband asked me to ask you if you are still friends with Sean Lowe. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Sean, Sean is, he's like the greatest, you know, he's like, unfortunately he lives in Dallas. You know, we, our families are like, keep us super busy. So we don't hang out that much, but yeah, we still keep in touch every now and then. Um, you know, I think we're like forever connected, you know, we were on bachelorette together. So we rode that journey out together. And then obviously, you know, very few people know what it's, what it's like to be, be the bachelor. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> it's not exactly a normal experience. Yeah, in life, exactly. You know, exactly. <laughs> um, so you just wrote a book called baby Shelly inside mom's belly. Tell us about it. We're a mom podcast. So we love to hear these things. Tell us what inspired it and and just how it came to be. Yeah. So, okay. So a while back before we had Alessi, um, we created an Instagram page and it, it like caught a lot of slack, like call her daddy did a thing on it. And it was me basically pretending I was Alessi inside the womb and like talking about all the things that were going on inside of there like in first person and people thought that was like either like 
adorable or just kind of like funny and weird. Um, and so <laughs> what I, was your intention? Adorable or funny? Oh, of course, adorable. You know, I okay. was, you know, as new parents, you're on the internet and you're like, like figuring out like, okay, yeah. what's the size of the baby? Okay. It's the size of this fruit and this is what they're doing in there. And it's like so in, in fascinating. Um, I think you lose a little bit of that with your second and third because you kind of like are so enamored by what's happening with the development of the baby. So I did the Instagram page and it, it did well and it was really cool, but I thought like this would be a good book actually. So I took a few of the notes that I had written back then and I put them into like a book for more or less for like an older sibling to kind of learn what's happening inside mom's belly and kind of make it like fun and cute. So every month there's like a different fruit and you open a flap and the baby's doing something different in there. And there's a cute little rhyme. And I wrote oh, that's it. That's so cute. Yeah. Thank you. So it's been cool. I mean, I, man, I wrote that book like two, three, four years ago. And finally it's like come to fruition. And it's really cool to see the final copy. So that's a great gift for, uh, like you said, a, a big brother, a big sister expecting a baby yeah. uh, who I'm sure I only have, I've one and done my, my partner and mom Taraj is also one and done. And, um, you know, I think little, I think the, the siblings get forgotten about when there's a new baby coming. So it's probably nice to give them a little, yeah. a little something to make them feel included in what's happening. Yeah. Let me grab it. Let me grab it for you. Okay. So I love, oh, I love so the cute. art and I think it's pretty cool that like this opens up and it's the baby. Inside. Oh yeah. So all the different pages have, have, uh, you know, like a different flap, like what the baby's doing and hanging. Oh, out. that's so cute! Yeah, that's great. So I People love it. Love that. All right, that's awesome. Um, and then, you know, what's it? What's been the biggest challenge? And for those of us who don't have three kids, like, what's the biggest challenge as the father specifically of three kids? Carrying we hear a everything. Lot from mothers. <laughs> Carrying everything. Okay. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know. It, there's like so many. Every day is a different challenge, as you know, as a parent. Mm-hmm. Um, and every stage is different. You know, I think that's the kind of funny thing is like you move from one difficulty to the next difficult task. Um, Right now we're in like a psychological warfare with Alessi because she's so smart and she's just like everything has like a an answer, you know, so it's like, dang, like, how do I navigate this? So, yeah, every stage is different. But I think as a dad, I think it's just um, especially with newborns, just like giving your wife as much support as possible and trying to do anything you can because there's very little a man can really do. So, yeah, especially like with the with the babies, with the twins, when Lorna's breastfeeding, it's like super hard. So just being awake can be there for moral support. <laughs> so that's nice. That's really nice. All right. So on that on that topic we ask all of our parents this question and that is if um what is the number one thing that you think every parent should outsource if they have the means to do so um i would say don't be ashamed to ask for help you know or to get help i feel like there's a lot lot of mom shaming and, and parent shaming when it comes to hiring help to help you but like ultimately like night nurses yeah, night nurses or a nanny yeah. or you know a babysitter I mean I feel like that is a thing it's like there is no shame in that you know if you need the help take it because mental health is huge too you know if you're in a good place mentally and you have the energy to be a better parent um, and if, if that takes getting a little bit of help to do that then do it definitely I agree um well thank you so oh, one more question 
what should I do? Because I want to be on the show so badly. What could I do to make my odds better? <laughs> Tell me what I should do. Should I, if there's an audition tape, should I like present myself as sir? I need to be, I need to be on the show, Ari. I need to play this game because it just seems so fun. And I want to see how I would do. Yeah, I think everyone on the show had something interesting in their backstory. So for me, it was obviously, you know, I was the bachelor who quote unquote deceived one woman. So that could be taken as something that I never felt that like way a secret I could hold on to. <laughs> but it was really interesting. Some of the other contestants, you know, it was like. Um, you know, they had some skeletons in their closet, you know, and I, and I think that's, it's probably good or they could be really good liars. And why could you be a good liar? You know, that's, that is the million dollar question, I guess. Cause I lie to my kid. Tell them that the music <laughs> and the ice cream truck means that their ice cream is out. There's no more ice cream in the ice cream truck. Yeah. I feel like they pick two different people. I feel like they pick people who could really do a good job of deceiving and the people who are loyal and truthful to a fault, because I feel like the mix of those two people is what makes the show so good. So maybe you go with being loyal and, and truthful to a fault. Okay. See, but I, you know how some people like apologize when they came out as traitors, like the one, the the first guy who came out as a traitor and he stood there and he cried. I was like, stop crying. This is a game. Get out of here. What are you doing? I think because like, I don't you're, know if that's. Yeah, you're in it. You're in it. Like you're in, if you can imagine being completely isolated from all your friends, your family, your phone, and now you're like living with all these people and they become like your not not your family because you know it's like but they like are temporarily yeah but temporarily they're like your best friends so yeah it seems really diff- you know as a trader from the beginning it'd be really hard because your whole entire existence in that relationship is a lie hmm. okay all right something to consider Thanks for that <laughs> um Plug yourself, plug the show, plug the book, tell everyone where they can find everything. Yeah. So just head to my Instagram. You'll get more information on the book. My handle's at Ari Jr. Um, And yeah, and that's, and that's about it. We're going to do a reunion show. Apparently it's being shot in a few weeks. So all the cast will come together and I'm sure that'll be on Peacock in, in the few weeks to come. Oh, I love that. Where is it being filmed? LA? In New York. Oh, yeah. Is, is it an Andy Cohen? Is he like the the I, reunion I, guy? I do not know any of the details. Maybe it's yeah. Alan. It might be Alan Cummings. I don't know oh, if they, yeah. you know. Why wouldn't it be Alan Cummings? Yeah. The, the celebrity I've seen the most in New York. Exactly. So, That's you know, true. he's probably, he will probably head the tell-all, I'd imagine. Okay. All right. That makes sense. Uh, the Traders is out on Peacock now. So yep. stream it because it's really, really good. Thank you so much, Ari. Yeah, you're welcome. Booyah, rate, review, and subscribe. Leave us a five-star review, obviously, because we're awesome. And then write a little something because that's extra special. Bye! Bye! Okay, that's our show today, folks. Thank you so much for giving us a listen. Please do not forget to rate, review, and subscribe or follow. We are out here on our own, and these things really, really matter. We want to hear from you. Tell us what you want to hear. Email us at hello at momdragepodcast.com. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok, all at 
Entourage podcast to hang out with us all week long. We are here for you. You are not alone. We got you. So go ahead, girl. Know this posse is behind you and go slay. Momtourage is a Cafe Mom podcast written and produced by Ashley Heron-Smith and Carrie Sotero. Recorded and mixed by Lee Mars. Our theme song, MILF, is by the band Mama Drama. You can find them on Instagram at mamadramaband or mamadramaband.com. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.